The following is a breakout session from the 2014 Acts 29 conference in Dallas. Given the interactive nature of breakouts and Q&A, there may be extended periods of silence. ...that volunteers some time to handle some of your money deals. Now, that person needs to be trusted, and you need to have all kinds of checks and balances around that person. Authority in the area of money is covering, not constraint. Authority in the area of money is covering, not constraint. And so you need to have policies and procedures. Isn't that fun and exciting? Didn't you get into church planting so you could develop policies and procedures, right? But man, they are so necessary. How do you do a budget? How's it formed? So kind of to continue some of this for us, for us, we do vision, we do calendar, we do budget, and then we kind of work on it through November. In December, it's, it's uh, approved by our, our members, and then it's implemented in January. Now, if, you're, if your fiscal year is July to June, then just change the months, but you still got to do this. How's the, budget, how's the budget formed at your church? How does that work? We just guess. Well, that's bad, Okay. Change that. Step one after today, change that we just guess. Um, that would be good. Who approves it? How are salaries done? How are salaries done? Guys, we live in a day where pastors are not liked. I don't know if you know that yet, uh, but pastors are not liked generally. They're not trusted generally, particularly about money. So figuring out how to put checks and balances in your church so that the money is taken care of is really important. Um, offering, counting, oversight, multiple layers of oversight. And this is such a sad story for me. We had a planter in our, in our region in the Carolinas. Um, he was working a full-time job planting his church. Meanwhile, the guy that was doing his money to help him out was siphoning 15 grand from their money. And the church was unable to pay the guy. Okay? You need to have oversight of those who are giving oversight. Okay? You can't do enough to protect God's money. Okay? You need to make sure that is happening in your church. Uh, are the policies written down? Okay? These are not, these are not water cooler conversations about policies. Um, if you're not good at that, a, get good at it. B, find somebody who is. Find somebody who is. There are people in your church who are good at this. You probably don't like them, all right? But they're there, and they're good at it. Get them to help you. Final thought, and, and I really mean this. Money at your church is not about making budget. It's about making disciples. Money at your church is not about making budget. It's about making disciples. It's about making disciples. There's a great line from the book, the chapter of the book I gave you called Church Planting Landmines, where the writer says this, it's not about what the church needs, it's about what the Lord wants. It's not about what the church needs, it's about what the Lord wants. And what the Lord wants is for us to make disciples who steward their money according to what Jesus commanded. We want our people to be world changers, 
please, please listen to me right now. You guys are in churches of 50 to 100. And there's a way that the evil one can kind of sneak into your brain and start making you think, man, I just got this little... We'll be world changers when we get to 300. You have world changers in your church right now. You have people that God has called you to disciple who have resources that is to be used for God's work in the world. And it's our call to disciple them so that they can then give God's resources for God's work in the world. And so don't wait until you're 300 to make world changers. Jesus had 12, 11, excuse me. He had 11 and then recruited Paul. Change the world. We're here, right? Because of those 11 guys. Now, at this point, you should probably be feeling fairly overwhelmed with, with some of what we've talked about and some of all these kind of structures and things. Here's why it's important for us to connect this to our missional mandate. Okay, if we just make this about Excel and graphs and things we don't like, we're done. But if we connect this to Jesus' call to make disciples, here's what we've got for our overwhelmness right now. We've got Jesus who said, all authority belongs to me. So go and make disciples of every nation, teaching them to deserve all that I've commanded. And we've got Jesus who said, I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age. So if you're feeling overwhelmed about making disciples in the area of money, and you're feeling overwhelmed about budget, and it's November, and you haven't thought about next year, and you know, you're feeling this struggle of, are we going to be able to make it as our family grows? And are we going to be able to take care of all these things? All authority belongs to Jesus. And he's with us to the end of the age. And so as we think about money, please remember that it's not about making budget. It's about making disciples. And that, our, and that Jesus, as we do this faithfully, Jesus will generously provide for what we need. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for your goodness to us. Thanks for your word that um, calls us to great things and making disciples. Jesus, thank you that you're never uh, away from us, that you have all authority, and not just all authority, but that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to you, and that you appoint wealth and strength and honor, and you do that, Lord God, and that you call us to make disciples of all nations. And I pray... Uh, for my brothers in this room who get so caught up with fear about money. I pray also for my brothers who love money and who think that money is their hope and Savior. I pray that you would, by your grace and for your glory, that you would make us men who are faithful stewards and then also faithful disciple makers who teach others to faithfully steward your resources. I pray for these churches in this room that you'd provide more than they could ever ask or imagine, that you would take care of them, that you would provide for them, um, and that you would make them wise in how they steward it. We pray all this hoping in your name. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Um, here's how we're going to do this. Um, for those who are maybe here for the first time, um, we typically have a speaker speak for 30 to 35 minutes, and then afterwards, with 10 to 15 minutes, we do question and answer. 
where I answer, ask the speaker questions and then we open it up for the floor. And then we have about 10 to 15 minutes where you can dialogue amongst your teams because again, what works for Brian may not necessarily work for you. You have to talk amongst your team in order to see um, what you can craft for the sake of what God has called you to. So uh, what I want to do now is, is, first of all, thank you, Brian, for feeding us and serving us so well. Um, a lot of practical things that I think uh, would benefit you guys. Um, let me just start off by asking this question um, related to 50 to 100 people. What should we be spending our money on? Like, like I know we got to take care of operational expenses. We have to have a salary for ourselves. What are some important things that we should be funding? Like, you know, sometimes people say, you know, the first thing you need to get is a children's director or the first person you need to pay is a worship leader. Like, what would you suggest for these guys when they look at their budget? What should the bulk of their money be going to? Yeah, and that's a great question. <clears throat> some of the, I think, the keep the door open things would be um, a, a salary for a pastor, if that's the model. Now, if you're pursuing a bivocational model, okay, then own that. If that's what you're doing, as long as it's not fear that's keeping you doing that, if that's fair. Um, so uh, salary for pastor, you've got to have a place to meet. Um, and at 50 to 100, unless your salary is really large, your house is not big enough, okay? So you need a place to meet. Um, I, I think from day one, you need to be giving money away to other churches. Um, I think that models generosity for your people. Um, so I think those are three kind of keep the door open things. Uh, facility, uh, giving to mission and church planting, and then um, personnel. At 50 to 100, um, I, I don't expect that you're going to have uh, a whole lot of other staff. There's gonna, you may need to recruit some volunteers in your church, some deacons to help you with your admin, uh, maybe a volunteer to help you with your um, children's ministry, um, unless you've raised a lot of money and can sustain that for a couple of years. So if you raised a lot of money and you can bring on a guy to be an XP or a worship guy or something like that, uh, just know you've got to make that money up or he's got to keep raising money. That's very good. And now you mentioned something about raising money. Like sometimes you get into your church plant and then you realize, dang, I should have raised more money. Um, yeah, right, you know, um, because you have more month than you do money. And um, so speak to that person who could lean towards discouragement because there are things that they would love to do. So they're almost playing catch up now. Sure. Um, Offer some hope for them. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the first hope is that, that uh, Jesus is with you. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Uh, he's there. He's, he hasn't left you because you didn't raise enough money. Okay? Um, I, I, think, I think another piece of hope would be to learn. Like to, it's, it's okay if you didn't do that, but learn. And, and uh, uh, maybe uh, as you move forward, what would you do differently because of what you've learned? Um, and then uh, that that God is God's going to provide. Like He's going to take care of you, um, and um, as as you learn and faithfully follow Him. Good, good, good. Um, I hope that spoke to someone's heart here. Um, that may have had that question, um, Brian. What are some characteristics of a good finance guy? 
Um, at 50 to 100, you're still kind of trying to figure out who's with you and who's not with you, um, sure. who has an agenda, who doesn't have an agenda. Sure. Um, who would be the characteristics of a good finance guy? Because you talked about the situation in our region. Sure. Um, but who should these guys be looking out for? Yeah. Um, obviously, they need to be good with money. Okay. Uh, they need to be trustworthy. Um, it really would help if you've known them for a while. Um, one of the resources I put in your packet was a couple of uh, companies that do um, financial things for churches. Our church actually just trans, uh, transitioned to that. We use a company called Dime. They're out of Atlanta. Um, and we're, we're in the Charlotte area, so there are some things we have to do to work with them. Um, but I think that he's, he's got to be good with money. He's got to be dependable and trustworthy, and it really helps if you know them. This is also an area where you can lean into another church. If there's another church in your city, and there are probably, um, if there's another church there, you could lean into them and see if they would help you with your finances. You know, be a be a clearinghouse, or uh, maybe you could pay their financial secretary a couple hours a week to do that. A lot of these guys may not be administrative. Um... And so you talk about policy development. Obviously, we want to be good stewards, put good frameworks around our finances. Um, what are some helpful tools for developing <clears throat> policies and procedures within a church if you're not confident uh, in that area of administration? Yeah. That's a great question. I think um, uh, there are books. There, there are gobs of books with policies in them, okay? Uh, Planting Missional Churches has some good policy information. Nuts and Bolts by, by um, Albrey Malfors. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, it's got some really good policies and procedures in it. Um, there are probably people in your church who could help you think this through. If you grabbed a few men who, uh, men and women, I mean, it, that's not an elder team. You're putting together some guys to help you think through things. If you put together a team and said, look, here's my problem, help me figure it out, and whiteboard it out, and then have someone type while you talk. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Okay, you don't have to be. You're probably not. Um, I'm never the smartest person in the room. So One of the other good things, I think, in addition to what Brian is saying, is um, sometimes you have people who are gifted in HR. Yeah. And, um, and you don't think about this at, at that age of your church, but... A policies and procedures manual could look very nice for an HR part, you know, HR piece, you know, like when you got sure. leave and, and how you're going to take, uh, take off, when you're going to have your vacation. I think those things are good to maybe craft around a, somebody with HR skills as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, you talked a little bit about a reimbursable account, which is just powerful, right? Um, as a pastor, we do things because we're a pastor, right? So you have people in your house and then you have to feed them because you're the pastor and you're hosting and you're, you're entertaining visitors. Brian is saying you can re get that reimbursed. Can you talk to us about that and why that's important? Um, I, I, so there is a company called, Cler I think, Clergy Advantage, right? Um, I, I, I want to ask you to speak to that because you know more, more about it than I do. I'm simply saying that there need to be things in your budget that you get reimbursed for, okay? Um, and Clergy Advantage has a long list of what those things are. Um, now, it doesn't mean that you need to go to Roost Chris for your business lunches, okay? I don't think that's a good use of God's money. Amen. But it does mean that you could be reimbursed for meeting a guy for lunch. I mean, it, and, and for mileage, if you're driving to the hospital, 
I think it's 56 cents a mile. You know, so you drive 10 miles, that's um, whatever that is. So. So, so what Brian is talking about, there's a little due diligence on your end to be meticulous uh, in order to get reimbursed. So he mentioned mileage, but you also have the ability to have expenses um, reimburse for like hosting. So for instance, if I have my other elders over my house and we buy something modest from Trader Joe's and we pre prepare it and then we feed, you may say, well, that's just part of hospitality as a pastor. Well, it could, but it's dipping into my freezer in order to, to fund uh, the event uh, for the sake of furthering God's church. And so um, if you can keep a meticulous record, you can have those things reimbursable as well. Um, so your finance guy would write you a check at the end of the month that would pay for those things. If you're doing potlucks, and again, this is maybe at the discretion of those who are here, but Clergy Advantage would encourage you, uh, if you're doing potlucks, whatever you're bringing to the potluck, you get to reimburse that. Um, if your wife is the one who's getting invited to all these different baby showers, and she always is required to bring a gift, those things are reimbursable. Again, we don't want to tax the, the pastor because the pastor is performing a role that God has given him. So keep those things in mind. Again, there's room to abuse it. So again, your heart has to be in the right place. But it's a great way for you as a pastor to be freed up to be able to serve without fear of, of the loss to your own personal family. All right. And, and for us, like just as a, as a family, we, we try to think through you know, is this because we're friends with these people or is this because we're their pastor? Um, you know, and, and, you know, I don't want you to think that I don't either one of us, every time we go to Target, that's on our church credit card. That's not at all what we're saying. And, and really, I think we would want you to lean into Clergy Advantage and, and listen to them so that you don't leave here and the IRS comes to your house. And, well, Dwayne said Absolutely. that uh, that's, that's not what either one of us need in our lives. So I don't need that. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about a building. Um, when should a guy think about a building? You know, because you, 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 there's Every a lot of pressure. Moment. Right. There's a lot of pressure, all right, to, to feel like you're advancing by having a building. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've heard guys jump in uh, into a building before they were ready. Sure. So can sure. you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, um, every, every uh, the, you know, one of the things we do as church planters is we, we lean in really heavy to the church is not a building. And what we have to do in about two years is we have to find a building. <laughs> and so um, I think it's helpful to talk about it. the church as a family and every family needs a home. And for us, when we first got married, we were living in a $200 a month apartment. Um, and then we moved to a $500 house that we were renting. And then as we got older, we were able to buy a house. And so that's probably going to be kind of the track for most of us, um, unless you're like my friend in Greenville who a church gave him their property. I hate him. Uh, <laughs> but that happens uh, apparently somewhere. Um, so, uh, you know, so you, you need to be wise about how much you spend. Um, you don't want to spend... Um, You've got to be able to do what you need to do with your ministry, and you don't want to get yourself in a building and, you know, have to be on a spending freeze for eight years because, you know, you're, you're in a building. Um, you, you've got to be wise with how much you spend. Um, people I talk with talk about how you want to put everything together that's a, that's a keep-the-door-open thing. So personnel, mission giving, 
uh, and rent, you want to put that together, and that amount needs to be well, they told me, uh, well below 90%. Um, I think that needs to be probably lower than 90% significantly. Ours is somewhere around 65, uh, so that you can do things with your other money for ministry and stuff. So, <clears throat> Are you an advocate of giving offerings or love gifts to volunteers as they kind of max that whole volunteer piece? They're kind of like a super volunteer, like, for instance, the children's director yeah. or that person or that person. Or would you say don't bring anybody on staff until you're at like 150, 200, something like that? Yeah, we, um, we have. So I'm um, going answer a couple of questions I heard there. We, we have had, um, we have given gifts to people just to say thank you. Thank you for, uh, thank you for serving. Uh, Christmas was on a Sunday a few years ago. Uh, and we we had we gave our sound guys because we were still in a set up tear down situation, and uh, we gave them a gift card to Starbucks. Said, hey man, thanks. I know this doesn't do anything to save your Christmas morning, but thank you for being here. Um, and then we um, we had uh, a lady who started with us from the beginning. She does our kids ministry at our congregation, um, and for the first year she did it for free, um, and then we started paying her a stipend. And then we also pay something toward her cell phone. Um, and it's, it's not, she's not getting rich working with us, but it's just to say thank you for everything you do. And if we were to replace her, we'd have to pay a lot more. And so we probably need to pay her more now. Um, but uh, that's not recorded, is it? Um, but uh, that's, that's what we've done with that. We've also done that with admin people and um, some things of that nature. Okay. I just have one more question. One more question. Um, you... Your talk was very liberating to women, uh, wives of husbands who are pastoring. Um, we have several women in here. Um, can you speak to how you can, as a pastor, always allow your wife to have a voice into how money is affecting the home and affecting yeah. her? Yeah. Because oftentimes I've heard guys kind of tell their wives, just be quiet. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. And then we get there, then... And we never know. get there. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I, think, um, I think that's a great question, um, which you always say when you don't know the answer. Um, I think that um, to, the, to the lady, to the wife, um, I would say to, uh, to do your best to honor him and respect him um, he, he knows, like he knows that you're not, he knows that he's not bringing in what his friend that works at Bank of America is bringing in. He knows that. And so for you to be able to say it in a way that doesn't emasculate him is really important, really important. Um, and so for you to honor him in the way you say it, um, and you don't honor him by not saying it. So it's important to say it. Look, we, here's, Here's our, here's our bills. We need, more, we need more money. How can we do that? Um, and then uh, to figure out how to have that conversation in a way that's honoring, I think that's the main thing I'd want to camp on, that it's got to be honoring to your husband. Um, and then for, for you as, as a husband, um, to not be passive about money. To not be passive but to, to really accept the responsibility God's given you to have the conversations that are necessary at your church. 
Um, we do staff reviews every year, and there's a question at the end of the staff review for pastors. My compensation is sufficient or insufficient? Um, and if it's insufficient, you're not being spiritual to say sufficient, and I'll just grind it out. Um, you're not. You're, you're not being spiritual to rack up credit card debt so that you don't have to have the conversation with the guys on your team. Okay? So, so as a man, be, be, accept responsibility for that and um, have the conversations that are necessary while shepherding your wife. Sweetie, I know it's hard. Um, God's going to take care of us. Here's how that's going to work. I'm going to sell my truck. We're going to take that money, and I'm going to buy a beater. And this is how this is going to work, and we're going to be okay. See, here's our savings account. This is what that looks like. We're going to, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have coffee every day this week. I'm going to, you know, this is how that's going to work. So that you can faithfully lead in your home. Brian, thank you so much. Um, let me get a couple questions from you guys, and then I'll let you break off into your teams. Let's take about two, three questions. Right here. Yeah, Pastor, you mentioned um, sharing your budget with your members and different churches do that. Right. So, question Yeah. Sure, sure. We have a, uh, our, uh, our budget, we have a line-by-line -line budget, and then we have a public budget. And the public budget kind of takes all the lines-by-lines and collapses them into categories. Yeah. And uh, so what's public is, is exactly what the budget is, but they don't know exactly what I make. Yeah. They don't know exactly uh, what we're spending on men's retreat. They know what we're spending on leadership development. They know what we're spending on personnel. So that's, I, so in other words, we have a public budget that we show. In terms of reporting, we do that quarterly, okay? We do that quarterly. Uh, some guys do it weekly. I, I think that's, there's no Bible verse for that. So we do it quarterly. Okay, there was another question. You stand to your feet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about these guys. I'm not a policy writer at all. But are there been some other really good resources that the staff can do uh, when we're at our size? Uh, that I would find other churches. That that's everything. I have no original thoughts. So everything I've gotten has come from someone else. Um, find find another church in uh, a network. If you're a part of Acts 29 or another network, hey, I need some of your policies. That's a good, I think that's a good place to start. I mentioned uh, Planning Missional Churches. Um, Malfer's book is really good. Um, and then, too, like there might, like uh, Dime and some of these other places, they may have policies to help you as well. And modify it, too. You know, yeah. If, yeah don't, don't be too fancy if you're not there. Stand up. Sure. And um, just kind of, yeah. Sure. Um, what I meant to say was, uh, as your church grows, it, it needs to be connected to church size comparable to your community. Um, so, yeah, when you're 50 to 100, it, it may be a negative number, right? So, um, 
Median in, you can find median income, though, in your community. Uh, I, I've heard also people talk about connecting it to high school principals, what a high school principal makes in your community. I don't know where they got that, but that's what I've heard. Um, so there's a, global, there's a global organization that does that, where uh -huh. you can actually look at that across mm -hmm. your education, your, your demographics, your medium income, um, size of your church, all that kind of stuff. That may yeah. help. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a great question. In other words, you're asking, should, uh, should the church pay the pastor enough so that the wife can, cannot work outside the home? Um, that's going to need to be a decision every church makes. Um, we, um, however, there needs to be an objective, this is what a pastor should make, okay? This is what a pastor should make, and... Um, and that you can get that from other resources. So you're, the people who are making your, your salary shouldn't say, well, we can pay you this much because your wife makes this much. There needs to be a level. This is what a pastor makes. And in other words, if I leave, what would it cost to replace me? Okay? And, and that should be true for all of our other guys on staff, too. If, if I leave, what would it cost to replace me? I'm going to get this one, and then I'm going to get this guy, and then you. Stand to When it comes to, say you need a raise, nobody's going to come to you and say, hey, you need a raise. Right. right. So how do you go about bringing that up without sounding? Yeah. There's no way to not sound that way. You're going to say, I need more money. At the end of the conversation, that's what you're going to say. You can, uh, you can use resources like this, but you can't be passive-aggressive either. Here's a resource about salary. Here's what I make. You know, um, but, but you can, you can, you're not going to not be awkward. So whatever the structure is in your church, work through that and... This, this, is what, this is what the average salary of a church our size in our community, the pastor makes. This is what I'm making. What can we do over the next three years to get me to this? Great. So yep. Yep. Yeah, that's why I said that uh, some things need to be solid, some things can be fluid. So your salary probably needs to, your, your, your personnel stuff probably needs to be solid. So your, your health insurance is going to be what it is. Your uh, salary is, probably needs to be what it is. Um, but as your church grows over the next year, then your ministry expenses may change, your facility expenses may change, some things like that. Um, and you do need to kind of keep an eye on it quarterly, 
and, and just monthly, you need to know what's going on with your money. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Um, yeah, I would have I would have a yearly budget that are that of the things that are solid, and then I would have um, uh, yeah some operating exp operating expenses, some things that are solid, and then the things that are fluid I would kind of revisit every um, every quarter. Another thing for church planners too, insurance is crazy when it comes to trying to. You know, if you get a group policy when you only have like one person on staff, it's incredibly expensive. The new ACH, ACA uh, through the government is a great way to lower your expenses and be able to get health care coverage as well. I know we don't like that, Obamacare, whatever, but it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know that we do. I don't know that I do that as well as I need to. Um, we we have a big sign. We do a box now. For those of you who are going to say you should pass a plate, we did for three weeks. It did not change our giving at all. I, we're we're the anomaly. Everybody else, man, it increased a hundred percent. Awesome, man, pass the plate. But so we have a big sign over our box that says give. Big, big sign says give. Every week, we have a, a response card, and every week, I'll say, when you fill that out, put it in the box next to the sign that says give, okay? So I'll, we always mention that that's there and that that's part of uh, what we, that that's, that that's at least there. Um, so uh, so that, that's really what we do. Uh, at our congregation, we don't, we don't talk about, uh, we, we don't have a time where we pass the plate or anything like that. Some guys I've heard recently, um, and again, we're incorporating it at our church, they talk about stewardship like four times a year. And yeah. different, each quarter you have a, a message or something related to stewardship. Even if you're in a series, just taking a break and just doing something on stewardship. I've seen that work as mm -hmm. well, yeah. which has been great. Yeah. Let's do this. Let, let me, um, for the sake of time, we got one more session to, to speak about mm -hmm. finances, yep. and then we'll we'll be able to answer even more questions that you guys have. So hold your questions. We're not trying to avoid you. Um, I'm going to run an audible where we're not going to meet with our teams. We're going to wait and do that on the back end, okay? Let's take about a five-minute break, and then we'll come back, and I'll introduce uh, Dr. Bryson. Okay. What is that? The, the next session starts at 12, according to the schedule. Okay, according to schedule, here, here we go. Here we go. All right. The, the audible has just been changed again, like Peyton Manning, all right? So here's what we're going to do. Omaha. Omaha, right? Omaha! All right, so let's do this. Let's take a 20-minute break, and then you guys come back in, and we'll get ready for the next session, okay? So if you want to use that time to talk amongst your teams, do that. If you wanted to take a potty break, go ahead and do that as well.